We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast, your place for all things Devi, college DFS, and college football betting advice, and probably some unabashed homerism. I am your co-host, Matt Wispay, joined by the actual host, Stefan LeCoe. I, I got bored and decided to mix things up. You can find me at Twitter, at WispyTheKid. You can find Stefan at, at StayFunLeCoe. Uh, listen to us on our own feed, as well as the Rotoviz main feed. How are you doing this week? Good. Did you like how I opened my my can of yum berry boozy sparkling water while you were doing like the intro it. that's right yum berry hey I, uh, you want to know what it is that sounds yummy <laughs> yeah it's not myself. Um, <laughs> it's not very good it's uh it's who what is was it oscar house? blues seltzer water um yeah. but speaking of i saw that mountain dew is coming out with a alcoholic beverage in 2022 and i'm gonna tell you i'm here for it i don't drink soda very much anymore i will fucking make an exception for some mountain dew with alcohol i'm all in <laughs> all in they should sponsor Pepsi the show mountain dew have sp- they, they yeah. have sponsored yeah. the show before <laughs> let's do it again baby um, i'll drink it on air i'll drink seven on air <laughs> Well, and then we're gonna have to put out a do not binge drink warning at the end of our pod. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean it, that's. In, I, I'm sitting over here drinking Gatorade Zero, so I'm kind of boring. <laughs> well, just, you know. it's what I had in the house, and I'm tired. Um, this week isn't as fun news wise. Um, we'll just start off quickly. I, I should I have a kombucha, shouldn't I? You should have. A, you should have holy kombucha. <laughs> little little Quinn Ewers decided to skip high school senior year so that he could get a uh, paid by kombucha <laughs> so funny yeah. well that's not even the like best at like some of the nil deals on this stuff are going crazy like i just saw a story byu there's some local company that's bought like basically giving 35 walk-ons nil deals worth like an entire scholarship wow um uh dj wangalale is getting sponsored by dr pepper dr pepper yeah and uh, Derek King is getting sponsored by the Florida Panthers. I saw which is that weird. One. Yeah, it's a it's like a cross sport. It's bonkers, and I kind of love it. Um, well, I, I didn't re- even realize that the Florida Panthers were in Miami. So I actually no, I didn't check it either. It's so silly I don't know. season. Well, and the best part is on like a lot of these commercials and stuff. Like they can't wear local. They can't wear their team gear. 
Oh yeah. Because they could get like cease and desist orders. So it's actually, it's going to be really interesting to see like, do people know what Bryce Young looks like? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, well, it's funny is because my family, like my my wife and kids don't care about sports like at all. They watch some mm-hmm. of the Olympics, but that's about it. Um, so like a commercial will come on. I'll be like, do you know who that is? And I'm like, nope. And it'll be like, you know, someone who any football player, not football player, any football fan would know. Like it's an obvious football player. Like they basically yeah. know like LeBron James, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And that's it. That's solid. Yeah, that's a solid so, trio. Yeah. So I'm just uh, saying like for a lot of people, I don't know if they know who any of these athletes no. are anyway. And that'll be in. I mean, I'm. That's the thing is I, I do think we're kind of in like the the initial wave of it all. Um, there's going to be like I, initially I thought that a lot of the money would come down and I don't necessarily think that's the case. But I think the press about it all. Yeah. Is probably at its peak at the moment just sure. because there's no way that we're going to keep covering every single deal that comes through just because. But it's fun in the moment because you're getting to see some of the these kids who would have. I mean, had to hide about getting paid. Now get paid fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ooh, uh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones with a with a completion. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching Thursday night football. But yeah. sorry, you're about to go somewhere sad, and I'm talking. We're gonna about- go sad. Oh. Um, just quick, quick note. Bobby Bowden, uh, famous or Hall of Fame head coach for Florida State, pretty much made them. It's hard to argue they were. I mean, the top program for a long oh, yeah. stretch. Um, and he's the one guy of like all the head coaches that were quote unquote legendary that uh, hasn't had his entire legacy tarnished. So mm-hmm. good on him. I mean, maybe that's partially because Tallahassee just doesn't arrest Florida State players, but who knows? Um, but n- no shade on him. I think he, everyone who's ever gone through Florida State under him only has positive things to say. So uh, rest in peace, Bobby Bowden. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, we'll move on from that because we're not a serious podcast. Uh, <laughs> Only when it comes to your money, good listener. <laughs> your units. Well, we, we take things seriously. <laughs> we just don't. I don't want to cover serious stories. Yeah. Um, what are we talking so, about today, Matt? What are we getting so into? We'll What's start off. Well, to, for the day today, we'll end up running through. We have two more. De- we're going to wrap up our conference Debbie previews. We have the ACC and the uh, group of five, which it's group of five and independent. So don't get mad at us when we talk about Notre Dame um, and BYU who aren't in the group of five. Technically, I'm sorry. Where else do you want me to lump them? Um, so we're going to Liberty go them. too, right? And Liberty. There's, there's quite all, a, actually, basically all the, all the players we're talking about other than like geez. three are independents. <laughs> yep. Well, it's more fun that way. Yep. Um, and then, but before we jump into that, I actually do want to talk about it because we we got some preseason polls that came out. Yeah. Uh, so the preseason coaches poll came out, which is hilarious. Um, and then today or this morning, and t- we're recording this on a Thursday. Um, Bill Connolly released his preseason S and P plus, and there are some. I mean, the top five is all the same. It's Clemson or it's Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Georgia are the top five in both polls. But yeah. there are some fun discrepancies. And um, Bef- before you f- do that, I wanted to know which from the from the poll itself, not the S&P Plus, but from the coaches poll, yeah, yeah. which rank did you find the most ridiculous? <laughs> LSU. At LSU 13? At 13. LSU being 13 is dumb. 
um, because of just how they played last year. You they were they, awful. They well, were yeah. awful last year. I, why are we assuming that they're leaps and bounds better than they were? One of their top receivers that that like probably they're they're losing their two of their top five receivers from last year on a team that was not good. We don't really like. Yes, I think Max Johnson's going to be good. Um, I but I I can't say for sure. They're definitely not where they were two years ago offensively. Um, no one has shown me any reason to believe that John Emery or Tyree and Davis Price. Um, are going to be, I mean, enough to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And yes, they have an insane amount of talent, and they should be better. But I don't know why we're now assuming this team that fell off the face of the earth last year is a top 15 program. Um, Yeah, I I mean, that's the one that stood out to me. The other one, it's going to be real hard for Cincinnati to live up to that top 10 rank top 10 preseason ranking. Yeah. Um, I think it's being under discussed how much it matters that Marcus Freeman left that program to go to Notre Dame. Um, because Cincinnati's premier game of the year is that Notre Dame game. Right. And their entire defensive scheme was basically designed by the opposing coach yep, or one of the opposing coaches. So uh, I, I think that game matters a lot. Well, you know, uh, that's beyond... why Notre Dame hired them is because they were nervous about that Cincinnati yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. Cause that's <laughs> how it goes. And then uh, I mean, on the too low end for me, no one really stands out as too low. I, I mean, I, yeah, I like the biggest team that ha- is like way far off in S and P plus compared to it is uh like it thinks S&P plus thinks that Wisconsin should be substantially higher. Thinks they should be sixth. That's Penn a bit State aggressive too. for me. Penn state is they They have Penn state. Penn state's too, yeah. real high. I mean, so those are big, but the, I, like I, we already mentioned like LSU is 13 spots higher in the coaches poll than they are in S&P plus. Um, Notre Dame is 11 spots yeah, higher. And that honestly, that's one. just, they, it's, they lost a lot. Like they right. lost a lot of pieces from last year. And so, they're good. SMP plus is sort of based on production and recruiting. Like it bound if you're, if you lose a lot of production, then your recruiting has to be absurd, which is why teams like Alabama and Ohio state maintain really high um, scores in it, even though they lost a lot as well. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the other big one is Indiana. Mm-hmm. SMP plus hates them. And I do too. I, 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 that was the one for me that I, I think putting Indiana at, 17 just feels feels too high feels too high to me i mean i, I think they're I, if you if you'd started the year with them at like 25 i think that would make sense because you're making a lot of projections about their ability to stay great on offense um and honestly how much i i, I don't like just saying things that i haven't i can't back up entirely but the truth is i think a lot of their public sentiment about them was because they kept a game close with Ohio state. Like they were a top 10 team going into it. And then they almost beat Ohio state. But I think people just kind of forgot that game and just looked at the final score. Yeah. Ohio state was up by three touchdowns at halftime. Very clearly came out slow because they were up by three touchdowns, got a little bit reckless and then Indiana made it close. Yeah. But they were real close to getting blown out. 
And I, I do wonder what the public sentiment would be on that team if they were, I mean, if they had not beat Penn State on a ridiculous finish. Well, that's the one I was going to bring up too, is the Penn State game. Like those two things, I think that it really changed how people see that season. And so, I don't know, it's it's interesting. Um, but I feel like we're spending too much time on preseason polls, which we all know are kind of garbage. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, but it's I, fun anyway. But it is something to talk about that's interesting. So... Let's jump down. Uh, so the ACC previews um, was written by probably my worst colleague over at uh, Rotoviz. Probably uh-huh. like my least. F- no, I'm joking. It, it, it was your article. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that uh, we had some nice editing on the, the headline there. Um, yeah, I don't actually. Unless, yeah. Yeah. DJ Olangale is great. He looks like he might be um, might be a potential superstar. Uh, sometimes we got to write good headlines That's right. and, um, saying someone is better than, uh, Trevor Lawrence definitely will, uh, generate a little bit of views. But I, I, I mean, I also don't necessarily think it's insane to give him that kind of hype. So yeah. It, um, and, and in fairness to whoever changed the, the, the title of it, hype layer. I uh, I did get lots of clicks on it, <laughs> so that's good. Thank you, thank you so much, Blair. I appreciate all the hard work you put in. I really do. Um, but so let's talk through because uh, so let's just start it off with the player that we already kind of leaned into. Um, DJ Olangole is our our final in ours. He is the number one overall player. Um, I think that's across the board yep. now. Everyone well, has him as the number one. I don't one. know about Curtis Patrick, but Curtis's ranks are sort of fake at the moment. But but you, you, Travis, and myself, we all have him number one. So he is the now sophomore quarterback for Clemson. Obviously, everyone remembers he stepped in a few games when Trevor Lawrence was unavailable. Did he have two games? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then so I he think came he in. played in a half as well. I think like mop up duty type yeah. thing in a game. Um, but so last year he completed 66.7% of his passes, uh, had an adjusted yards per attempt of 8.7, uh, through five intercept or five touchdowns, zero interceptions, um, almost a thousand yards and pretty limited work. And then he did have four rushing touchdowns on 28 carries. So he's a really interesting player. I think the, the hope for him that a lot of people see is a, is a Cam Newton type where he's kind of built like a linebacker. Yeah, he's um, huge. And kind of can but he actually has has wheels. Like he's um Yeah, I, I think he's a really interesting prospect. He was obviously the I think he was the number 1 quarterback in his class in the composite 24/7 sports had them had him as number 2. Um yeah, his score at, was 99.49. Like just stupid. Like he was he was ranked very very highly. I will say all five stars in the composite are above a 98. 98 is their threshold for five stars. So, yeah. um, so they have like 32 players each year that are above a 98. So I only bring that up because it's there's the numbers. I, I don't know who came up with their system, but I think it's largely because they still wanted a three star to get like something in the 80s. Sure. And they didn't want to be ranking like a bunch of people as like a 50. But I do kind of... It is worth noting that, like, yes, a 99.7 or whatever his score was is bonkers. Um, but I, I mean, there's a, I think there's a reason he's the number one 
pick in like campus to Canton leagues right now, why he's kind of becoming the number one Debbie guy. It's there's real upside with him. And if you knew you were getting Cam Newton before his Auburn breakout year, I think most people would pay a premium for that. Um, And I think that's the kind of player you're getting. Yeah. My only question for you um, kind of as we transition into talking about Sam Howell is in a Debbie league where you're not getting any points for these guys currently, unlike C to C leagues, are you willing to, would you be willing to draft DJU ahead of Sam Howell, knowing that you're going to have to wait at least one more year for him? Um, you know, like you're, it's that delayed reward because he's an underclassman. Well, I appreciate that you asked me this question as I am the highest in our group on uh, Sam Howell. Um, yeah, I, I think I still do. Go Yonga lay above him, if only because it's the potential upside of him. I, I still really like Sam Howell. I think that you could be talking about um, a longtime starter in the NFL. I think that he is a he his his range of outcomes is is pretty high. And I think that he he's likely to get early capital. I, I would still say that right now it's him and Spencer Rattler competing for the 101 next year in NFL drafts. And I, I think it's pretty reasonable to think that he, I mean, still has a, a the chance to just be the top pick next year. Um, but yeah, it, there's something about him. And I, the problem with this is I, I'm, I do pull the trigger on DJU above him. If only because I think that one of them gets me future league winner. Whereas I think Sam Howell gets me future league weekly starter sure um both super valuable both something you cannot guarantee um but it is one of those things where dj just has is a little bit special um and i guess for comparison's sake we all have both nope you really hate sam howe i was gonna say we all have both of them ahead of bryce young but you really hate sam howe um, <laughs> I know. I, and, and, you know, after writing this article, I thought about changing it because I was pretty impressed with Sam Howell. I mean, no one talks about it, but he, through his first two seasons, he has, I think, the career high for touchdown passes at 68, like even more than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he also led the power five in yards per completion uh, with 15.13. And then only only Mac Jones had a higher um, average yards per attempt than than him. Uh, so yeah, I, I should yeah. probably adjusted yards per attempt. And his Sorry. numbers are his numbers across the uh, across the board are just better than Spencer Rattler. Yeah, it'll um, be interesting to see what he does without all those weapons this year. Like if he's able to repeat um, or even come close, yeah. let alone surpass he, what he's done, um, then I might need to change my uh, my tune because. This offense just sent four players to the NFL, you know, so it'll... and that's it's big. I think you're right in having some concern about whether or not he's capable of really repeating the success we've seen. But if he does, for me, that's that's all the proof I need to say that he is the quarterback one in this class because yeah. he he isn't the idea that Spencer Rattler is like this safer player than him is just based on this. It's it's somewhat misguided, um, and it's people who 
really, really wanted to write off different or wanted to write off Sam Howe because he wasn't just God. And Spencer Rattler went had some of the lowest moments from any quarterback during last season. And people are just writing, ignoring those because right. new shiny toy. So whatever. Um, but that those are the two big quarterbacks in the ACC. Um, there's some other guys worth mentioning. There's Phil Jert. I was going to say, Jerkovic. you love him. No, I don't. You did last really year. Don't. Last year, you I think were... he's. I like him as a college quarterback. Yeah, and I yeah. think he's he's meaningful in the in the college ranks, but I don't necessarily see much upside with him as a future NFL sure. player. Um, that's I. That's my. I, I meant you love the player, not necessarily you love the talent. I mean, and his NFL he was a, projections and stuff like he that. He was a former five star uh, quarterback, one of the top quarterbacks in his class. Um, went to Notre Dame, didn't work out. Transferred to Boston College and seemingly i mean he's in the top half of the quarterbacks in the acc and actually has a chance to really impact that season but yeah from a debbie perspective he's just uh yeah he is what he is um it's fine to move past him there's there's one interesting freshman um worth at least mentioning and that's drake may quarterback at north carolina you're not going to see him this year barring injury yeah hopefully um you you shouldn't see him but that's fine um Running backs. So give me your thoughts. And I, I'm, I have your article up in front of me. Kind of give me your thoughts on Jameer Gibbs and why. It, I'm curious if you are starting. I, like you yes. are the lowest among our rankers on him. You are. Um, I, I've, I've mentioned my issues with him as well. But I'm curious where if you're starting to understand a little bit of why there's a real hype growing around him among the Debbie community Absolutely. this offseason. Absolutely. And if you check out the article, like I, I have like a YouTube video of um, not mine, <laughs> but uh, it's an ACC video uh, just on Jameer Gibbs. And you start watching a little bit of his highlight film and it's really easy to get excited. He is a really powerful back with uh, great burst and vision. Um, my, I think my biggest fear for him is, is the offense and and that's stupid because uh i don't think the nfl is going to care about what he does at georgia tech they're going to see his his size and speed combo and they'll probably he'll probably get an opportunity um to be you know a high one of the first one of the first quarter uh, one of the first running backs taken in um in his draft class so um i probably am too low on him um I mean, I still think I think you have him as like a mid second round pick. So the only thing is you're not getting him at that price. Right. Of a mid second round pick. But at the same time, you're not sitting here trying to point out like him as a bust. And I think he's a really interesting prospect in the class of 2023. Uh, um, yeah, I would. I, I mean, there's he averaged 5.2 yards per carry last year. He had uh, 24 receptions. Um, in seven games, averaged 12.6 yards per reception, seven total touchdowns between the two, yeah. returned some kicks for them. Um, he's, he, I mean, he's a very intriguing prospect from a an overall analytics profile, but he, I, I mean, I do want to see a little bit of like continued improvement on his production this year where he really kind of becomes the centerpiece of that offense because 
I don't think there's any question that he is the most talented guy on that entire offense. Absolutely. And I would like to see him really take over because at least for portions of the year, he was running second in a committee. And I think that he should be, if he is this future NFL star, there has to be a point where he leaves no doubt. And that that's kind of what I'm looking for. It's why I'm a little bit lower on him. I, I say the same thing. I, I like I have him at a price where you probably don't get him. Yeah. Um, back of the first, but it, I'm not. I mean, he's awesome. Um, the other running back that is at least worth mentioning is Will Shipley at Clemson. He is because I mean, I'll I'll just say it. he's a white running back, um, which immediately is going to get you if you are an all-purpose white running back, you're going to get Christian McCaffrey comps. Um, he might be. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know everything about him. He's doing well in camp for Clemson. He's a, he's proven that he is a capable receiver. He's proven that he is shifty in space. We'll see. The He's probably running third um, right. on that depth chart, though. This isn't a Travion Henderson situation where he may end up being the team's leading rusher by the end of the year. I think at best, I would say he's probably running third. Um, so, don't expect to see him putting up these really bonkers numbers. Um, his price is, I think in most drafts right now, it's getting in like that fourth, fifth round. That's early. It's a little bit pricey for me if you're talking about a non-depleted draft. In C to C, maybe like I'm okay kind of stashing him if only because of the fact that I do think you're going to get two probably very productive years with him. And who knows, maybe he somehow, at, maybe his role this year ends up being the the Hunter Renfro type in their offense, that guy that Your I favorite. hate and just annoys me to no end. Um, but I do think that he's an interesting player to watch for the future. Um, there are the only other two people that are really worth mentioning. Cause I'm not talking about Ty Chandler. I don't, you can't I, make me. I'm going to talk about Ty Chandler. Okay. You can talk about Ty Chandler for a sec. I will quickly hit on the two other people in that class. There's Kamaro Edmonds and Caleb hood who are two freshmen who are getting a lot of, or Hood is actually getting a lot of camp buzz is running second. Edmonds was the guy that a lot of the Debbie community fell in love with at the beginning of the summer. Um, two freshmen running backs at North Carolina. As we know, they have to replace a lot of rush attempts. Um, and you are going to talk about a guy that I don't <laughs> think deserves any of those attempts. But uh, I, I'll let you kind of say your piece about Chandler. Yeah, so Ty Chandler... <laughs> Um, I, I think it's a little unfair to like be too hard on him for his time in Tennessee. Uh, like what about Gray, the fact that he's 72 years Gray, old? Gray wasn't like fantastic crushing it there either. Uh, Ty Chandler, uh, to me has the opportunity to really fill in a nice role. We have 2,957 vacated um, rushing and receiving yards from the two running backs that are now in the NFL, um, as well as 33 touchdowns. Like the offense is going to, I don't think it's going to revolve around him by any means, but I think he will be put in a position to have a very nice production profile. If you listen to the coaching staff at North Carolina, they're super, super excited about Ty Chandler and they want him to be the guy. They trust him. They brought him in. He's going to be playing with his um, old running backs coach from Tennessee. Like they brought him over as well. So, I mean, well, the coach went over first and then 
they went out and got Ty Chandler. So it wasn't just like happenstance. He was someone that they were targeting in the transfer portal. So I, I think that he has a role in this offense. And I think we'll know pretty soon um, whether or not I'm right or you're right. And to me, I'd rather take the risk because the price is pretty cheap. And I think the NFL will care. Like if, if he has a great year, uh, he's going to not, not not maybe get great draft capital, but he won't go undrafted. And to, I, go ahead. So I will say you, you, Travis, and I have had this conversation a couple of times. Um, and it's he's he's also very athletic yeah. um, from what we understand about him. He's going to probably run low four fives, high four fours. Um, so if he has a really productive year, goes out, runs in the four fours, it's not inconceivable to think that he's like the running back five drafted in this class. And that could be late day two capital. (laughs) You mean he Um, could be Michael Carter? (laughs) He could, he could be Michael Carter. Um, Michael Carter averaged eight yards per carry last year. He was actually absurd. No, he was stupid. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't see it. Um, I was pushing for gray to become the lead back for like, a full year prior to him actually becoming the lead back. Um, it, I mean, yeah, you're and right. Of course, I would tag- prefer Eric Gray over Ty Chandler. Yeah. But it, we're talking about like a five round difference here. Yeah. And I think that with Ty Chandler, you're talking about a guy who is priced lower in drafts than his two freshman counterparts who really neither one of them are super duper high pedigree guys either. Um, Hood is a three star and I think Camaro was a, I think it was a top 200 player. Um, the law of really, averages, dude, says that one day between Eno Benjamin, Kylan Hill, one day I'm going to get one I of keep these. Telling right. you to avoid one, these profiles. One All day. Right. <laughs> let's hit. Let's hit the wide receivers because there's a few really interesting names in there. Um, I don't want to hit all the names we have on this list because. I, we're already going long winded because I'm here and, um, I'm, and I'm drinking. But let's talk. Let's talk about. Uh, our friend Travis's favorite wide receiver in the yeah. country, and that is Jordan Addison, um, who I, I don't believe he actually – he has some, I think, as his – he might have him as his wide receiver, too, in the class of 2023. Um, I think I have him three or four. Um, ooh, I probably have him fifth. Uh, let's be honest. I probably have him behind Mims, Jarrett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba and Boutte. So he's probably my fifth. Um, I'm not looking at my ranks. I'm really just pulling this off the top of my head and trying to – make a guess. Um, but that's probably where I think I had those. Um, but Addison was very productive at Pitt. He basically took over as the like target hog yeah. from the start of that season last year. He's coming back, same quarterback, same relationship that he already has with the sir same rapport with uh also 75 year old Kenny, Kenny Pickett. Pickett. Him the, um we probably should and, have talked about him in our quarterback breakdown yeah because you know kenny pickett's <laughs> future nfl star um he's already older than peyton manning um jordan addison's really good he was a three-star prospect coming out of high school um he's one of those guys that kind of made us i would say a smart business decision and went to a school where the depth chart would allow him to see the field a little bit earlier mm-hmm. and um and he switched I, I positions only, from safety to wide receiver as well, which was, you know, mm-hmm. a good call. I, I think he's a, he's a really interesting prospect um, because you don't see a lot of these guys. Let me see if he's in the box score scout actually real quick to see if I can get his actual um, market share from last year. His market he, share was 27 
of the receiving I, yards. So he has yeah, twenty seven percent receiving uh, market or yards market share, and then thirty three of touchdowns. So he actually had what would qualify as a breakout season. Um, on Rotoviz was a point three dominator. Uh, I had it as a point two nine, but yeah, it's close. Couldn't care less. I'm looking at it in the box <laughs> score scout, and that's all I use right now. Uh, I'm too lazy to go into decimal points, but uh, I he's a really interesting prospect. He's kind of one of these guys that I battle um, every once in a while because I'm a big believer that pedigree matters. Yeah. And um, that I don't necessarily think it's fair to compare their, that there's some nuance to looking at the wide receiver room in the competition they faced. If you are getting work against a wide receiver, like I'll just put this out there. I still have Jackson Smith and Jigba ahead of him, even though Jackson Smith and Jigba had nowhere near the market share, had nowhere near the, the usage rates of him. But Jackson Smith and Jigba was a true five-star in, is starting to earn work in a room that is just objectively yeah. better than Pittsburgh. Well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, might be the best wide receiver room ever. Um, and he's he's going to be a starter. And that's a... Uh, I think that's a bigger accomplishment, which is why I continue to rank someone like him above him. Yeah. But Addison for me is this, he's a guy that you still don't really, I mean, you're paying a top four round premium on him, but you're not paying. I mean, the difference between him and Boutte is only pedigree. And uh, the difference between him and Rakeem Jarrett is that he is actually produced and Rakeem Jarrett hasn't. So you're actually getting a guy that you've seen get college production, which we know is a meaningful thing when trying to project future NFL success. So I, I I'm it's, it took me a little bit longer in the year to fully come around on him as an NFL type receiver. But I do think that getting, becoming a near breakout or breakout player as a true freshman in a power five conference I mean, I'm paying top four top four round premium on him every single time. Yep. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the next guy we want to talk about is uh, is an interesting name, Justin Ross. Everyone probably listening to this podcast has heard of that name before. Uh, coming back from a spine and neck condition that forced him to miss the entire season. In fact, we thought whole, he retired. Yeah, we thought his whole playing career was over, but he's back. And man, in his two years, um, like his freshman and sophomore year, it combined for 112 receptions for 18, uh, 165 yards and 17 touchdowns. So he is he has produced. He was also uh, a top recruit. He was the number seven wide receiver in his class, and he's six foot four. So like the dude, if he's healthy, um, could be an absolute. Just he could be a monster uh, in the NFL as well. So. For me, the only reason why he's ranked, I mean, we have him at wide receiver 10, number 25 overall, so one spot behind Addison. Uh, to me, the only reason he's so low is just because of the injury risk, right? Mm-hmm. If yeah. he were, if we if we were certain he was going to be 100% what we saw from him his first two years, he would probably be wide receiver three or four. Yeah. I, I think he'd probably be in that David Bell. Um, yeah. Traylon Burks type of range. Oh, I'd have and him I, ahead of those guys. I mean, I think that's the range you're talking about. Like yeah. he's probably right there with Wilson Alave. Yeah. Um, and honestly, yeah, I mean, he would have been out last year probably. Um, yeah, but it's, it's unfortunate, but I mean, we're talking about a guy that a, a lot of Clemson fans and a lot of, 
there were people on the coaching staff that thought he was better than T Higgins. And we've seen what T Higgins did in the NFL. So, um, keeping our fingers crossed, the guy's fully healthy for sure. Um, but whatever, uh, like that's, I, I don't think we have to sell anyone on Justin Ross. I no, think it's just your risk. Yes, if you're risk you are taking your risk. Like, yeah. It, 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 you are taking your risk, taking him where you have to, but at the same time, he is a guy that could go to the NFL and become a team's one yeah, and, and a, a real one. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it happened before, after I post this uh, was published, but he has been medically cleared. Fully cleared. Yeah. Oh yeah. As of August 6th. So yeah, he is, he is a hundred percent go for the season. I will say, I don't know if that means anything. Uh, we've definitely seen players cleared that were still, not returning to what they were before. Right, so right. just things uh, like I'm with you. All systems go. I am, I am buying shares, but he is not. I, I think you, we all, we do need to continue to put out there the message that that doesn't uh, being clear. Doesn't mean you are back to what you were. Correct. Um, but let's a guy that uh, let's just say we kind of know what he is after last year. Um, is Zay Flowers. We 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 talked about Phil Jerkovic, and really, I mean, it's hard to bring him up without mentioning the fact that he was really, really reliant upon one wide receiver last year. So the team threw for about just a little over 3,100 3, yards last year. He accounted for 892 of them. Um, I don't have the market share number because I don't want to do math. Um and he accounted for 10 of the team's 23 touchdowns. Yeah, he led the so, ACC in touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. a um oh, I'm sorry, 9 of 23, but he had a he had a rushing touchdown too. He's a really really good player. Um he's just a really productive pro- player is the biggest thing and I think that that is what's kind of carrying his stock up to where it is now. And then it's also just people like me just screaming his name every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a really good player. And I think that he, with one more year, he's kind of the guy that from an analytics standpoint, if he goes out, I think the analytics community will love him. He unfortunately strikes me as the kind of player that um, may not get the love from the NFL draft. And that's what scares me a little you, bit about him. So now he's sound, sounding like a Tyler, Tyler Johnson to me all of a sudden. Yeah. But Tyler Johnson, I still feel like got screwed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I genuinely, believe but it sounds like it you had, think Zay flowers could get screwed in the same way. Sort of, but yeah, yeah. we'll see how that one goes. Um, I hope I, I do hope he puts together another year and then does declare for the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he doesn't, I will enjoy watching him in college football. Um, one last name that wasn't in your article that I do just want to throw out there was Ja'Curry Robinson or Roberson from Wake Forest. Um, number one, uh, they just lost Donovan Green for the uh, for the season. He was expected to play a big role in that Wake Forest offense, which, as we do, as we know, um, has the upside to be very explosive. And in Travis's adjusted production index. He actually is the top returning player um, who That's is crazy. eligible in the 22, um, who's eligible for class of 2022. So that is just a name to keep out there um, just to know, because we always like, even if you're just a dynasty player, there's always a couple of guys that at towards the end of the cycle, um, towards the end of the draft cycle, we all just start scrambling because we kind of forget that are out there. 
this is a guy just kind of know this guy ahead of everyone else. Um, because he may be that sleepery dude that shows up and you're like, wait, who is this guy? Why is, why are people falling in love with him? Well, his number suggests that he is, um, at least viable as an NFL player. Yeah. Um, and there are a bunch of other Clemson wide receivers, um, before any Clemson fans get mad at me and act like I don't like Clemson. Um, EJ Williams. You don't, you don't like Clemson. I don't like Clemson. Actually, <laughs> I hate Clemson. Um, it's fair. EJ uh, Williams, um, really, he started to make a little bit of an impact last year. I'm actually going to go quickly pull up Clemson's numbers. So I'm not talking out of my hiney. Um, but he started to make an impact during last year's season with, uh, 300 yards receiving. And then there's the ever present Frank Ladson and Joseph Ngata. Dude, who, the crazy I mean, thing, man, when I was looking at these, when I was writing this article, Frank, Frank Ladson has never had more than 87 yards receiving in a game. And I think he only did that once. He's only once had more than five receptions in a game. Like he has just not produced at all. No. And I, neither one of these two guys have produced, but people continue to hype them as if they are still super elite prospects. Um, athletically, I, like, I mean, like athletically and like, height and speed they they certainly are they look the part but it's just not translating yeah i actually so the last guy we have on this list aju aju who is from i believe he was out of clearwater florida he's originally from canada um he is a a ridiculous athlete type player um who i actually think is probably more worth taking a lottery ticket on than either ngata or ladson at this point, just because I think his upside um, is a lot higher relative to his price. I do think that there's a better chance that Ngata and Ladson actually become viable wide receiver three fours on an NFL roster. Um, but I don't necessarily ever see either one of them breaking out and becoming a super fantasy relevant player. Whereas I think Aju Aju at least has that upside to become mm. somewhat fantasy relevant just because, I mean, Teams fall in love with the super athlete during this process. They, um, heck, it's basically what got Terry McLaurin drafted is uh, just he ran a 4-3 something and all of a sudden he jumped up into day two capital. Um, but yeah, so I think he's just a name worth keeping out there. And then, because I, I love the Hunter Renfro types, I never let anyone tell you that I don't love Hunter Renfro. <laughs> um, Troy Stilato, I think, is that guy. Um, for the next couple of years, he is a true freshman. He, oh man, I, he actually came from a good program out of Florida. Cardinal Gibbon, I believe is where he came out of. He was, he basically was one of the guys that Ohio state was pushing really hard for. Uh, Brian Hartline was in love with him. They both, both Clemson and Ohio state identified him when he was a three-star prospect. Um, and really, his stock blew up after both of them identified him. So he is an interesting name to watch who I think has the opportunity to become that mid-range yardage guy, not a field stretcher, but a mid-range yardage guy that just annoys the crap out of me for years. Sounds about right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really have any in the article. Didn't really have any tight ends that were, you know, really worth mentioning, to be honest. Do you want to jump over to, oh, let's, should we break for a commercial? Some, some ads? Let's break for a commercial. Let's do it. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. Let's hit the group of five and the independents. Uh, start- I can't believe you didn't mention Hunter Long at tight end. Oh, I should not serious. I should have. But so, so how we did it is only the the the, the players in our top one hundred were the ones that I, that made the article. So he must be just outside that. I'm just being a jerk. Um, I actually was preparing to say that once you said let's break for a commercial. I knew I was going to say this on the way back because that's how good of a co-host I am. <laughs> um, let's talk about the group of five. This article has not been released yet, but I ran by this list of names by Travis and said, did I miss anyone egregious? Uh, his response was no. So we're going to we'll roll with this list that I put together of group of five ones. And honestly, I would say in the group of five, there's there's a fairly long list of interesting uh, quarterback prospects. Um, we'll start off with the one that at least a couple publications have put as the number one overall um, player in next year's class. No, they haven't. Which is fun. No, Malik Willis, not... Not strong. No, no. Um, have they really? You've seen him yeah, as yeah. the 101? I've seen him as the number one pick Jesus on Christ. Pro Football Network. Right away had him. And I think Pro Football Focus also put out a mock draft where they had Malik Willis as the 101. And then there was someone else who tweeted out saying, oh, low-key buzz um, as a future potential 101 that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is Malik Willis. And I'm sitting here just like dying laughing because – He's like at this point, he's almost seen as like a lock for the first round. And now there are people talking about him like he really could be the one one. Um, let me just pull. I'm going to once again, uh, as you guys know, super prepared podcast podcaster. I am uh, sitting here with his stats not pulled up yet, um, but let's talk about him as a player. He is going into his fifth year. Um, I think that if you are calling Malik Willis a sleeper, uh, there's a decent chance you think he's like a true junior. Nope. He uh, started at Auburn in 2017, had uh, played there really minimally. He had only 14 complete 
14 career pass attempts at Auburn, uh, eventually had his lunch money taken by Joey Gatewood and uh, Bo Nix and was forced <laughs> to leave Gatewood. to go to Liberty. Yep, Joey Gatewood, now I think third string quarterback at uh, the University of Kentucky. Um, both, I will say in his defense, both of those guys were pretty high capital prospects or high pedigree prospects. And if you are a three-star pro, uh, three-star prospect who it doesn't really matter if you're great or not, it, it's just harder to see the field, um, particularly at a program like Auburn that expects to be winning constantly. So I, as much as I will make jokes about the fact that, uh, Bo Nix and Joey Gatewood pushed him out, um, it's just it's sort of difficult if you're a three star prospect in those situations. And so he did make a decision to leave. Good business decision. Uh, went over and joined Hugh Freeze. And uh, as everyone knows, the team of this podcast, the Liberty Flames. Um, still hate you, Hugh. Um, yep. He yeah, last bad, season, bad he bad, bad human. He Sorry. did complete 64 percent of his passes. For an average of 8.5 yards per attempt, 9.8 or 9.0 adjusted yards per attempt through 20 touchdowns and just six picks. The the thing that's really making him intriguing, if you are an analytics person, is the the run floor that he gives you. And it's because he averaged 6.7 yards per carry for 14 touchdowns, uh, had 141 rush attempts. Malik Willis is going as the 101 in college fantasy drafts. He should be. He is essentially he he's Lamar Jackson light and uh, he mm. is a very intriguing prospect. Um, I just I, he's a fifth year player. Um, he's a low pedigree guy. He's really dominating at Liberty, which to, let's be clear that while Liberty was the darling of a lot of people last year, um, I do quickly want to read off the opponents that they played because it's, I mean, it was State. not a juggernaut. NC State was there couldn't couldn't like they couldn't do anything against them like NC State was able to slow them down sorry continue well NC State's not bad but this is the list of their exactly but this is the list of his opponents last year it was Western Kentucky Florida Florida International Louisiana Monroe uh Syracuse Southern Miss Virginia Tech um that's really the game that kind of got the real buzz about him um Western Carolina um that's not coastal um North Carolina State, UMass, and then Coastal Carolina. Um, that's not really like a murderer's row. And I don't necessarily think it's fair to say that because your schedule is weak that you're bad. But I do think that everyone should just take a half step back and understand that it it is, it is fair to question whether or not the production is fully real. Um, but I right. do think he's interesting in... If you're talking about a guy that you can get for like if you're in a Debbie depleted league, he's he's probably a realistic option. If you're a super flex, just take the shot on him. Um, and then I, I sort of feel the same way about this next player we're going to talk about as well. But do you have any thoughts about Malik Willis before we move on? Just real quick in college to Canton leagues or in college DFS or college fantasy, his schedule this upcoming year is equally easy so still definitely worth a high pick i think you and i are more concerned about his nfl prospects not what he's going to do uh production wise this season now he can move on yeah he's going to be he's going to be insanely productive this year yeah um the other big name out of the group of five that is going to getting some buzz as a sleeper potential like first round guy is nevada quarterback carson strong 
Um, he's listed at 6'4", 215. So body-wise, and I hate that I just said that, but I guess frame-wise, he's kind of that prototype NFL guy. Um, if you're looking for reasons to love him, you can point to 71 or 70.1% completion. For his career, he's at 667 Had a had a season with a 9.1 adjusted yards per attempt. He did that last year with a 27 to 4 touchdown interception ratio. Um, but if you're looking for reasons to question him as a um, possible capital guy um, and possible really big fantasy impact guys, he's a zero when it comes to rushing. Yep. Over his career, he has negative 97 rushing yards. Um, yep. Now, that does include sacks in college, but he's not he's not giving you any type of rushing production. And I believe Travis has done a few studies to say um, – that there is at least some, like you can't be a true zero when it comes to a rushing um, rushing addition when it comes to uh, eventual capital, which is what hurts him. And then uh, Kadan Slovis is the other player that was really kind of yeah, killed by that. But so, um, so that's, I, I think that's my, my big takeaway from him is I'd like to see him do a little bit, fingers crossed, a, a little bit of um, rushing. But and I don't I think you like will. To, I I wouldn't expect it. So he's he's a player that is a if it's the if you're in a semi shallow one, you're really old at quarterback, but you you're just getting the right. It's not the right time to pull the trigger on a quarterback in the early rounds. He's a guy maybe pull, I, I'll just take a shot on, stash him on my bench, and hope that he gets first round capital and potentially look to trade him when he gets that capital. Um, but that's, that's probably where I see him. He's not a guy I'm really going after because honestly, like the, the one thing that it it's should be kind of seen as is if you're getting very little rushing production, it's, it's hard to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Um, I mean, you have to be, you have to be elite. You have to be, you ha- your, your passing numbers <laughs> have to be insane. And so that's kind of the issue. Um, there are four other quarterbacks that I just felt were at least worthwhile of mentioning in, um, we'll we'll breeze through them because I I I can't really see the first three having any real shot at uh, first round capital, um, but who knows? This the first name I'm about to say has been mocked in the first round um, by multiple outlets. Uh, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, um, Grayson McCall out of Coastal Carolina, Dylan Gabriel out of UCF, and then the last one is a true freshman, Tyler Buckner at Notre Dame. Travis has him as his number one overall quarterback in the class of 2024. Um, I have him, I think, like three or four. He was a, I think he missed his senior season, but in his junior year, he was really productive. He was, I mean, I think he had like 4,000 passing yards and like 1,000 receiving yards, or not 1,000 receiving, 1,000 rushing yards. He's, he's very much a true dual threat. Um, I would like to see if I were a Notre Dame fan and they slip up early. I think that you see games early and then you've got Wisconsin. If they slip up in any of those early games, I I think they'll be calling for Buckner over Jack Cohn at some right. point just to see what they have and start preparing him. Um, any of those names stand out that you want to really say anything about him or should we move on to the running backs? I mean, I, I, li- I like Dylan Gabriel, but 
you know this already, but I think he's more of a, you know, fun college quarterback. I don't really think the draft capital is going to be there um, for mm-hmm. him to really be worth in in a Debbie format, which we're doing a Debbie preview. I don't think he's really worth um, spending too much time on. We can run over to the, we can we can hit the running backs now. Shall we? Uh, so I mean, we got a couple of Notre Dame guys to start us off. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, we talked about these guys quite a bit last year because Kyron was uh, Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree. Uh, Kyron Williams is, he actually has a fair amount of receiving. Um, if I recall correctly, he's actually makes a fairly meaningful impact in the passing game. So he isn't a, he's, he had, not, he had 35 he, receptions I, last year, 35. He, um, he, he's very good. He's not, um, I, I mean, there's a, he rushed for 1100 yards last year, average 5.3 yards per carry had 13 touchdowns. Like you said, 35 receptions for over 300 yards and hadn't added in one more touchdown. He's pretty versatile. And on, in a class of like that we think is fairly weak, the class of 2022, it's not unreasonable to think that he's a guy that could really sneak his way up there pretty quickly. I, I'm looking, I have him as my 23rd overall player, and I might have him like fifth in the class of 2022. Looking into it, I feel like I'm probably low on him. Um, the there is reason to question his size. He's five foot nine, um, 195 pounds. So there's a little bit of reason to question his size because he kind of plays like a. I hate saying that, but he plays a little bit like a bruiser, um, and he's not super duper fast. But who knows if he ends up testing well at the combine, we might be looking at a guy that gets fairly early capital. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if he put together a year where he ended up kind of blowing up like a uh, Clyde Edwards, a um, his teammate on the other hand, I love, but I still don't think he's getting capital. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not paying a premium for him, but he's a really, ex- he's an exciting player. Um, I actually think last year he was the most explosive player on the entire Notre Dame offense. And that's Chris Tyree. He was the, I think he was the number one all purpose back in his class. I'm not really willing to look it up at the moment because we're already running long, but he was a, he was among the top all purpose backs in his high school recruiting class uh, proved last year that he, when he's on the field, he can make an impact very quickly. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't, he's another one. It'll be kind of difficult for him to end up getting capital, particularly if he's never given a feature back role. Um, and he's only he like did have 175 pounds. Yeah, no, he's definitely also small. He's a guy that you're hoping becomes Naheem Hines. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, by the way, we're, I mean, we, we write for Rotoviz. Um, we like zero running back candidate guys. And this is a guy that in the future, you could be talking about him getting onto a roster and being a zero running back type of guy. So definitely a name to know, because I do think that some team will fall in love with his athleticism eventually. Um, but I don't necessarily know that he's ever going to be it. it he's not going to be this super elite prospect just because of the fact that he was a high regarded high school prospect. Um, and, and they've been bringing in pretty good running backs too. So that when Kyron does leave, it's not like they're going to, they're not going to be short. Yeah. They're not going to hand over the keys to him fully. Yeah. Uh, one name that has gotten a fair amount of buzz this off season is Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier. Algier. I don't know. I can't pronounce words. Algier. Um, out of BYU. Um, Film guys like him. I think it he's good, but 
the my huge issue, and this is just going to be a blanket statement for any player on BYU. BYU's schedule sucked last year. Yeah. It was atrocious. It was one of the worst ones, and it made Zach Wilson go from having a a year where he had more interceptions than he had touchdowns, or no, or very close touchdown interception ratio, to where all of a sudden he basically couldn't throw an interception if he tried. It's going to be really interesting to see how they are where when now BYU is. Yes, they're probably still going to have a talent advantage in a lot of their games, but they're definitely not going to cakewalk their way through the season. So, um, name to know, but I, I think he's starting to get a little bit of buzz where his price is getting out of control. I know the campus to Canton guys. Hi, Matt. I know you listen every once in a while. I know you love him. Uh, you're wrong. Don't love him. Stop <laughs> loving him. It's it's wrong. Um, wide receivers. There are, there's a couple. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna actually lumping these two guys together because I think they both probably have equal chance of getting capital. Uh, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama had I think it was something like a 40 percent market share of receiving yards, um, and then Khalil Shakir uh, took over last year after oh I should know this guy's name. I don't care that much. Um, he took over after essentially one receiver on the team left. Uh, both of them should be high market share guys. The question, I mean, the question for both of them is going to be capital. I think Tolbert has a slightly better chance of capital than Shakir, which makes me hurt inside, but I think it's true. Um, but yeah, I think both of those guys are interesting names at like the very back end of drafts. Yeah, uh, I, I like know Shakir you, a lot. I I, I don't dislike. I, I want to make it clear. I do not dislike Khalil Shakir. I own him in he in my first ever campus to Canton League. He was a player I picked up and he's been super productive for me. He's had back-to-back years with at least 700 yards. He has six touchdowns in each of the last two years. And he gets he's really, really 20, good. Gets close to 20 carries a, a year. Like he, he he's using the offense quite a bit. The only reason why I'm saying it, that I like Tolbert more is he's six foot three. He has a year where he had went over a thousand yards, uh, average 17 yards per reception and when I when you're pointing out someone going over a thousand yards, he's doing it on a team that basically had like twenty six hundred yards passing. So it's just a huge portion of that sure. offense. And Shakir, he represented Shakir would have had over a thousand if they played more than seven games last year, though. Or eight games. Yeah, and I think played. that's I, I, but they're both volume hogs, and I actually like both of them a lot. I don't I'm not actually trying to knock uh, Shakir <laughs> yeah. at all. Here I am um, defending him with my life. I say this Shakir's volume was really ridiculous last year too. So whichever one of these guys gets more capital in the future, get them on your dynasty leagues. Um, (laughs) And then two tight ends. The only tight ends we're really going to spend any time talking about Um, arguably the number one tight end in all of Debbie right now. Um, I know Eric Gilbert is getting a lot of hype or got a lot of hype, but then the, now the question is, is is he going to be a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? Is Georgia going to botch another, uh, Botch another tight end. Um, yes, they probably will. Um, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Um, I think it was like the second game of the year. Uh, the announcers were like, yeah, they referred to him as baby Gronk. And <laughs> um, we're using him right away. He had an 18% market share of yards for their, the Irish and really was making his presence known. They, they've made it clear that he's going to be a part of their system. And I mean, for a tight end to be getting 18%, uh, I'm sorry, 16% market share 
right off the bat is is meaningful, particularly at, I mean, just at tight end. So I, I think it's a he's a player to keep an eye on um, over the next two years. I would be shocked if he stays for longer than three years, particularly as his his buzz is really already there. Yeah. And when you're coming out of Notre Dame, the expectation is that you're going to be a little bit more of a complete um, tight end than. So the NFL may kind of fall in love with you because you can do more than just catch passes. Uh, and then the last guy. Well, actually, do you have any thoughts on Mayer? No, I, I he's a guy I keep moving up higher and higher. Um, to me, uh, yeah. I, 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 next time I go through my rankings, I'll move him ahead of Gilbert. The only reason why yeah. I don't have him higher um, is just because you have to wait so long because he just was a true freshman. And that's honestly pretty reasonable i think we right now we i think our consensus probably has him as um like a fourth round pick range i think that's probably a fair price to pay honestly i'd probably be willing to pay back into the third because i just do i think he's the one elite Mm -hmm. uh kind of no questions asked tight end prospect um we say all that but who knows what happens next year all of a sudden he may not catch pass this year so um but the last guy is a guy that a few years ago I would have said the same thing about uh, is Grant Calcaterra. Um, we loved him when he was at Oklahoma, when he made an instant impact, made some highlight reel catches in the Big 12 championship game for him, retired with some pretty serious concussion issues, uh, then unretired, transferred to Auburn. No one really knows why he then transferred again, but then left Auburn to go to SMU and so now he's at SMU. I think he still has like two years of eligibility left. So he'll be sort of interesting to watch um, from a CFF perspective. I know some sharps are really starting to buy him this year. Um, just because you want a piece of the SMU offense. Um, and we've seen him be capable. Uh, I would say talent for talent. He's probably right up there with Roberson as their most interesting uh receiving options so he's a guy to watch i think in like daily stuff uh yeah you may get him a little bit a little bit cheaper um than some of the other options that would be similar production levels so he's a guy i do like for this year and also he's a dude my family really likes because they know him so there you go uh i will i will always root for this kid and i i hope that he is fully healthy i hope that he's not trying to rush back for any reason um but if he's fully healthy, I am excited to watch him play football again. Yeah, for sure. I think he we've seen it before at a super high level. So now doing it at SMU, he should be able to produce. And they, they have a good quarterback there too. So um, hopefully he's able to uh, – I, I think I think your your take there on um, using him like DFS and stuff, I think he's probably a guy we'll be recommending a lot. Yes. I will probably have him – in a lot of my weekly lineups. So um, that's really it that we had for the group of five. Um, Trying to think if there's any other names. If you give me one second, there's actually, so there are a few Mac quarterbacks that of course I'm in love with. There's Caleb Elby out of Western Michigan is an interesting player. Preston Hutchinson put together in a four game season, about as efficient a year as you would uh, be able to uh, possibly do. And then, I have one last name, and I'm just looking into it real quick to make sure I get it right. Jake Hayner 
Um, oh, he used he to was play. A, at, he was at the Washington at, Huskies. Yeah, with Washington, he transferred down to Fresno State last year right. and was fairly productive in a pretty limited season. He had over two thousand passing yards in just six games. Uh, that one to me is more of a if you can use him in like college fantasy setting, but he is at least. I mean, he had some he had some pedigree coming yeah, out of oh, high school, and so it's when you have something like that and now he's given an opportunity. Yeah. And uh, then all, obviously my all time favorite quarterback in the history of life, Tathan uh, Martell is uh, <laughs> he is good to go at UNLV. Um, so I'm going to be cheering for UNLV a lot this year. So, and, and don't forget um, also we've got um, you, you mentioned CMC um, earlier in the podcast. McCaffrey's little brother is now uh, the quarterback at Rice. So, you know, love it. <laughs> you want to watch out for that. If he makes Rice interesting. Oh, yeah. He, I will be so happy. If he I, makes me bet on Rice this year, I will be so happy. I don't actually think he's eligible this year because he transferred twice this offseason. Ah, shit. That's um, too bad. He did. He transferred yeah. from uh, Nebraska to Louisville. That's right. And then was at Louisville for like a month and transferred <sighs> again. So, what a dummy. Right. Well, he thought he was just going to take Malik Cunningham's no. job. And no, that's silly. Um, but so those are the names that we really like out of the group of five and ACC. Um, we are now through all of our conference previews. Um, we're going to probably start shifting our attention to um, making some money, making a little bit of money this year for you. So probably next week, I think. Yeah, we haven't talked about this, but so what better place to talk about this than while we're recording? But I think next week we were thinking we're going to start going over some of the totals that we like best, maybe a few props, some futures um, and Heisman totals, some like future stuff. stuff. Yeah. So we'll go through some of our favorite stuff, and then we'll probably just sprinkle in a little bit of just discussion about the year um, from a holistic standpoint of like teams that we think are going to win their conference and all that, um, playoffs and those various things. So. That is what we're going to do next week. And then we are we're not far away from yeah. the season. Um, so we're probably in two weeks. I'm going to have some week zero bets for you. Absolutely. I already put together the S&P Plus spreadsheet where I just blatantly copy and paste. Um, <laughs> and that's where my picks come from. So um, I'm joking somewhat. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I mean, I think we're getting real close to the season and I'm pretty excited. So yeah, it, I, I hope you are too. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Um, as, as much as I make fun of preseason football, it is fun that there's preseason games on. Um, and it just gets me even more excited for college football coming down uh, the pike here. It's going to be fantastic. Oregon just signed another four-star defensive back. So, I mean, life is good, man. Life is good. And yes, leaving Ohio State's class. So I, will, I don't know what that's like. I will be, uh, I will be betting Ohio State um, to beat Oregon by whatever the number they no. give us. I think it's nine. Yeah. Right oh, now. double digits for sure. We just that's not o- fun. Oregon just had to suspend two of their starting DBs. Uh, so last I'm thing you want to do when you're going up against uh, Ohio State's wide receiver room <laughs> is be short-handed in your back in your defensive backfield. So I'm uh, I'm pretty nervous about that. I'm also going to be taking the over, but <laughs> I don't care what the numbers are. Anyway, wait. Now I got to see. I got one second. We're we are going to find this number real quick and see if I can figure out if we have a line on that game yet. I'm sure I do. I'm just too lazy to go find it. Never mind. 
but I have heard nine and a half. So yeah, no, that sounds probably right. I would take net Ohio State at nine and a half um, because you should. Oh, wait, week two. That's how I said this. I'm real bad at like setting stuff up and looking. Uh, yeah, I see 10 and I see nine and a half. So have fun. Yep. We'll get there. We'll get there. Cool. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you guys next week. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Good show. Matt, anything you want to leave the listeners with? By Jackson Smith and Jigba. There it is. All right. See y'all. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.